Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. We have got our waiver wire week five video for you today. And as always, we want to say this is a very important part of your fantasy team. And I think this last week proved it. We watched the first three weeks of the NFL season. I think a lot of people started to get confident in what this year was going to look like. Week four then came along and reminded us we know absolutely nothing. Of course, that's not entirely true. I think we definitely got surprised by some things this week, but I think our predictions were very good last week. Rob, particularly your predictions were really we're really head on even above mine, especially that Thursday night game, the Eagles-Packers game. You absolutely aced those calls. So congratulations on that. I don't know if, I mean, it's been a long time, I feel like, since that well of a prediction has been put out for an entire game. But let's move on to more relevant things. As always, there will be timestamps down in the description below. And we wanted to take a second to apologize that our Friday injury update video did not get posted. We made a post with some information and everything you needed to know, but crazy scheduling happened. Life has been very difficult. And so we didn't have time to make that. We will be back on schedule and making a Friday video. So we would like you guys to drop a comment down below and give us a suggestion of what you want us to talk about before we get into the injuries in that video. As always, we'd let you guys know uh, for those of you who aren't used to this channel and what we do on Friday, we will put in a video updating all the injuries and information that you need to know right before those games. And then we also have another topic, maybe it's dynasty studs or trade targets or whatever it may be. So that's what we're referring to. But as always, Rob, you kind of got to do some of your clarifications before we start. Yeah, I'll keep it real basic here. So if you ever, uh, if you never watched us before, we approach our waiver wire video different than other sites. Uh, here's how we do it. We talk about players that are less available, but we talk about more players increasing the likelihood that you'll find one that is available. And why do we do that? Highly available players carry higher risk. So mm -hmm. we want to give you the less risk out there. We always talk about contextualizing this information, okay? Every league is different, settings are different. So we may say some, for example, in our start sit video, hey, you need to sit this guy. Well, that depends. Who do you have on your bench? Who's available? Who's out there? Things like that. So obviously flex the information. This week, our buys are Detroit, Miami. Uh, that's pretty much it. So let's just get into our first slide. All right. First guy I want to talk about there is Ronald Jones, 47% available. Next week he plays New Orleans. The second year, second round pick out of USC. Uh, he was drafted by the Bucks last year, and there was a lot of talk and hope when they draft him that he could become uh, their lead back, and maybe even their franchise back. But as a rookie, he struggled. He struggled in preseason. He struggled in the regular season. Uh, he was a hot mess, as they say, that first year. It wasn't good at all. But this year, um, going all the way back to camp and the offseason, things were looking a lot better, um, looking considerably better. In fact, a lot of conversation coming out of camp was they felt like this season was going to be different for him and that he could maybe move into that role, and they felt like he was going to be very successful. Well, that carried over into week one. He looked good week one. He had 13 carries, 75 yards. Now, in week two, uh, Peyton Barber kind of was the hot hand they went with him. Now, Peyton Barber, Barber was a good volume play that week. Got a lot of carries, got some numbers there, but his 3.6 yards per carry were not good. And they kind of remind us that Peyton Barber – uh, has a lower ceiling okay he's not a great back out there this is not a guy that they're gonna, they're gonna make their franchise back there week three jones rebounds goes out there and has 14 carries for 80 yards and then today 19 carries 70 yards and a touchdown if you watch these games he's clearly the better back stronger faster more explosive now you take those three good games that he had and you look at the stats there and you combine that during those three uh, what i would call his good games so far 46 carries, 255, I'm sorry, 225 yards and a 4.9 yards per carry. That's really good there. Another thing I like about the situation there is I like that Evans, Godwin, and Winston are playing really well together. Every week that offense is getting better and better. That's going to open up a lot of running lanes for him and also a lot of red zone carries. So I think you need to look at Ronald Jones. If you're an owner out there that's coming up on your buys or you've had injuries or just ineffectiveness from your back, I think Ronald Jones is a guy that you need to grab. And he's about 50% available out there in leagues. Yeah, absolutely. 55 points against the, uh, excuse me, 55 points against the Rams this week. That was a pretty darn good week. And it's funny how they come out, they look flat and everybody's calling for Jameis Winston's head. They want him cut. It was, you know, whatever. We need a new quarterback. 
And then Austin, he goes out and has this massive week and just continues this Jameis Winston trend of, is he an elite quarterback or is he not at all a quarterback? He's bipolar. He is bipolar. He's bipolar. But we'll talk about him later on in the video. Let's get to your first guy or guys you're going to talk about. All right, guys, so we're going to talk about the Packers wide receiver situation. We're going to talk about Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and uh, Geronimo Allison. So the reason this conversation comes up is really off the basis of Devontae Adams, who is now struggling with turf toe. Not 100% sure what that means. I know what that means in fantasy terms. We're about to talk about that, although I'm not 100% sure what that means, I guess, medically. However, what we know is that it's not believed to be serious. He had an MRI, which shows nothing is broken, nothing is fractured, and it's nothing major. This is one of those things where he's an elite wide receiver and it doesn't seem to be a problem. He's probably going to play next week. In the off chance that he doesn't play and he is absent or maybe he plays but he's at 80, 70%, whatever it may be, this is going to boost Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Geronimo Allison. Now, there are other reasons to like those guys and other reasons we need to talk about those wide receivers, but we really had to chip that in just to make sure that everybody is updated on that. Um, I like the week five matchup the Packers have against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to be able to put up some points. Packers defense is improved this year, but they're not nearly as good as the Saints are, which we're going to talk a little bit more about later. But I tell you what, the NFL needs to be scared of the Saints. They just beat the Dallas Cowboys without Drew Brees, and that defense looks great. Uh, the week before they beat Seattle without Drew Brees. <sighs> Uh, and that was on the road. So, yeah, this is uh, it's got to be concerning what's going to happen when Breeze comes back. But let's get back to really the topic at hand. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, he is 34% available. Uh, he's a guy who's been somewhat disappointing this season. He has had probably uh, two, maybe three okay weeks. Uh, he hasn't been phenomenal. He's seen 29 targets over the first four weeks. That's pretty good. Um, however, again, those numbers haven't equated to quite the production that people were expecting. Um, this comes down to a few things. Uh, one of them being, it's possible that maybe he's not as great of a wide receiver as some people projected him to be coming into the season. The other thing being, in a lot of the Packers games, they haven't needed to do as much. That defense has played well. In some of those games, that running game has been solid, and they haven't needed to throw the ball a lot. You can tell when you watch the games, Matt LaFleur has changed that offense, and whoever that number two wide receiver comes in, often comes in running a bit shorter routes, a bit of a safety blanket, and that's something to note that I don't necessarily know if they want to use him as some stud guy who's going to be a thousand yard 10 touchdown player i don't know if that's what they're looking for from their number two however again he's been a bit of a disappointment to fantasy owners this season so maybe it's look time to look at least a little bit to geronimo allison this last game he had three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown pretty good numbers from a wide receiver who is 76 percent available i still lean towards marcus valdez scantling as being the number two guy in that offense but it is certainly time in deeper leagues to start picking up geronimo allison and just seeing he's definitely a guy to watch and you know maybe we get surprised and Maybe a couple of weeks from now, Allison proves himself to be the number two guy. However, I'm not so sure that's the case. It is just one of those situations that needs to be monitored. Yeah, there's a lot of people that were scared about uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he wasn't playing the way they did in the past. Look out, that offense is struggling. Uh, and we said that was schedule-related, and it was game script. You know, the first three games, the defense played well. They needed to throw the ball a lot, and they were 3-0. and And he was effective and efficient. Uh, last week, we told a lot of you, we hope you took our advice. We said, you got to start Aaron Rodgers. And he put up a huge game fantasy-wise. And his schedule is going to get better. And so these wide receivers are going to benefit from that. So definitely consider these guys. All right. So I want to talk to you about A.J. Brown. I'm going to talk about Corey Davis. Start with A.J. Brown, 90% available. Uh, he, laid a, he made a lot of noise in the preseason. The rookie did. People thought he looked good. Uh, wonder what his role would be on this team. And that uh, noise carried over into, into week one, where he came out and he had three catches for 100 yards. 
Now, the next two games, he was kind of quiet. He had five targets. It didn't really equate to good numbers, yards, things like that, catches, etc. But today he goes out three catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Second round pick has good size, 6'1", 223. He's very athletic. Now, I like the guy. I think he's got potential. I think you need to consider him. Now, I do think he has a lower ceiling for a few reasons. One, uh, playing the Titans offense. Uh, he'll see less targets. He doesn't have an elite quarterback. And I'm not nothing against Marcus Mariota. He's definitely not elite, though, right? I think we can all agree with that. And I think game plan will typically hurt him. And what I mean by that is Coach Vrabel uh, prefers to win playing defense and running the ball there. Now, he does have upside, especially in dynasty leagues. If you're in a keeper league, this guy's got a lot more value there. Now, this week coming up, even though I think he's a guy that you should pick up, I don't think he should play this week because he plays the Bills in week five. And we've been saying it all year. Um, and it was very apparent Sunday versus the Patriots. And that's that this Bills defense is very good and underrated. So definitely don't start him this week, but you should definitely pick him up and put him on your bench. This guy's got a lot of upside. Now, Corey Davis, 53% uh, available. Once again, he's also playing the Bills there. He's going to probably drive, draw a cornerback white. That's a tough matchup for Corey Davis. So I definitely wouldn't start him either this week. Um, but today he goes out. He has five catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. This is a former first-round pick. He's got the pedigree. He's got the talent. He's been inconsistent. But there's a lot of upside to the point that he shouldn't be out there. He should at least be stashed on your bench, at least if you have space. This is a guy you should have down there because uh, he could put together a nice run. He could have a nice um, schedule coming up here where he could turn things around. So he's a guy that you could definitely put out there. So. All right. All right, so the next guy I want to talk about is Philip Dorsett. How can I not talk about this guy? 39% available. He's a wide receiver that you need to consider. There's a lot of things we're going to go over, but let's go over the really roller coaster of a season that he's had and explain some of his statistics because he comes out week one and he surprised some people. In fact, two of those people he surprised was me and Rob. He had two touchdowns that week. He looked good and it was shocking. It really was. And that offense with all of that talent, it was quite a surprise. Um, then he comes out week two, and Antonio Brown is there, and he falls down the depth chart with Edelman, Josh Gordon, uh, Antonio Brown, and he just doesn't have a very productive week that week. And then he bounces back week three. He has another touchdown, and he looks good. And so I'm starting to think maybe this guy can be trustworthy. And then week four hits, and he doesn't do so well. He has nine targets, but those nine targets equate to just two catches and 10 yards. It was an absolutely awful week four for him. What can we learn from that week, and what do we need to know about this guy? First thing we need to know is that the week two, you can't count that with Antonio Brown. That is a completely different scenario that will not be the case the rest of the season. So you can count that out. Now we have two out of three weeks that we can really consider he did really well. One week, they played Buffalo, and what they score? Just 16 points against the Bills. The Buffalo Bills are a very underrated defense. I don't know how they do it and what they're able to manage there, but they certainly get the job done. That is a good uh, good defense. It's very underrated, especially in the passing game. I think that is something to note. Their running game is not quite as good as their pass defense is, so that is very important to identify. Coming up this week, he plays Washington's very, very bad defense, so I think this is a particularly good week coming up for him. But the thing that I liked most about him was what Tom Brady came out and said about him. Tom Brady said, he's done a great job for us. He's making a lot of plays. We put him all over the field, and he continues to improve. He said that I think this has been a big year for Phil. He calls him Phil. That's what we're going to do from now on. We're going to call him Phil. Uh, but he continued and said he's worked really hard. He's put himself in great positions and taken advantage of the opportunities that he has been given. Um, I don't mean to be cliche or obvious, but Tom Brady is probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL that you could get compliments from. That guy is extremely stern and serious. But I tell you what, things are really looking up for Philip Dorsett. And don't be worried about how we played against the Bills. That was one bad week. Other than that, I really think he's been fine this year. Yeah, I like him too in this upcoming matchup there because one, I think that uh, Haskins is going to start. I think that Washington is struggling. I think that uh, 
the page is going to crush him. And later in the game, when you look at Julian Edmonds a little bit banged up, and you got Josh Gordon, I think a guy like Phil Dorsett is going to see a lot of targets later in that game as maybe some of those stars rest there. So I think he's got a great matchup there. So Next two guys I want to talk to you about is Robbie Anderson, 37% available, and Jamison Crowder, 55% available. Now, Anderson's had a quiet year, but I think this is the week that could change. Now, his numbers are down, and I think the biggest reason why is the absence of Sam Darnold's but not with Mono. Now, obviously, Sam Darnold's availability is going to drastically affect and is vitally important for Anderson's value there. Now, Sam Darnold's went out and he started running again doing light exercises. Monday, they're going to test him, and if his spinal cord is not swollen, if it's not inflamed, if it's back to its regular size, then he can begin football exercise, going to practice, things like that, and he could be available to play this week. So we've got to monitor that, obviously. If Sam Darnold's not there and he sits out, then I would probably avoid this. But if he does play... Um, this is a great matchup for Anderson and Crowder this week, and they could break out in a huge way. They're playing Philadelphia. Philadelphia, defensive backs, they can't stop anybody. In, five, in four weeks, there's five players that have had over 100 yards receiving versus them. Here's some of the guys. Marvin Jones, Terry McLaurin, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams, uh, he missed a lot of time in the, the second half of that game there. He still ended with 10 catches for 180 yards. Once again, that backfield is struggling quite a bit. And I think it's a huge game for these guys if Sam Darnold can play. Jameson Crowder. So he has a huge week one. 14 catches, 99 yards. And that was after everybody in Jets' cap talked over and over how him and Sam had great rapport. Now, once again, the last two weeks, he's been quiet, but Sam has been gone. He could come back against a terrible defensive backfield and had a huge week. Now, when I talk about Crowder, I think his, I guess, value would be tied specifically to PPR leagues. But he's a guy that I would call a, a what I would call a great sleeper, especially in fantasy, if like you're a wide receiver three or a flex position in PPR leagues and you're deeper, or if you're in daily fantasy. Once again, those two guys have a great matchup against Philadelphia. You can't stop anybody. Uh, wide receivers are just running all over those guys, so... Anything you want to add to that? No, I don't have anything to add to that. He's a guy who you have to pick up, and I'm not sure if I'm going to start him. This is a stash, not a start play, right? you got to pick him up. you got to consider that. Uh, again, it depends on your situation as when they're going to play him this week. I always, always I'd love to say, hey, let's wait and see one week on Sam Darnold. But, yeah, he's a guy who just shouldn't be out there. You should definitely have him stashed at least. All right, so Jacoby Brissett, I tell you what, this is a nice and simple situation. And I tell you what, when Andrew Luck retired and all the Colts fans were like, I oh, will be fine with Jacoby Brissett, I think everyone blew him off. Pretty much everyone blew him off. And yet, uh, Jacoby Brissett is by no means Andrew Luck. He is definitely a downgrade, but he has been far better than anyone could have expected. And I really mean that. He's been very impressive. And despite how impressive he's been, he's still 65% available. So this is probably my favorite quarterback pickup this week. In fact, I'm going to say that firmly. Yes, this is my favorite quarterback pickup this week. He has 10 touchdowns in four games. Those are pretty good numbers. That means he's had at least two touchdowns in every game. In two games, he has had three touchdowns. So this guy, he had two touchdowns and three touchdowns and two touchdowns and three. I mean, those are pretty good numbers. But what I like most about him straight up is, and I'm going to say this right now, Jacoby Brissett is a stream quarterback. You are not going to start this guy every single week. So as a waiver wire pickup, that's mostly what he holds as bench, as a solid bench stash, as a or excuse me, and as kind of a one-week plug-and-play, and this week is the perfect week to do that. Not only has he been a touchdown machine in that offense, and keep in mind, he did this last week, yet a solid week without T.Y. Hilton in there. And so that right there bodes really well for him. But again, I really want to get to the point that I've been trying to get to, but I keep getting distracted. That's he plays Kansas City this week, guys. He plays Kansas City, who's averaging 34 points a game. I think this is a perfect matchup for him to be in. And if T.Y. Hilton is back, that is even bigger. That's going to be even better week for him. So I think Jacoby Brissett is a guy you should definitely consider. 
If you're another person who needs a quarterback this weekend, you need to really consider Andy Dalton. He is 66% available out there versus Arizona. So in four weeks, quarterbacks facing the Cardinals defense have been averaging 29.53 fantasy points per game. Let me say that again. Quarterbacks versus the Cardinals are averaging 29.53 fantasy points per game. That number would actually be higher. This last week, Russell Wilson only had like 18.5 points. And the reason why is they were up big. They controlled the game and they took their foot off the gas there. Now, those numbers are huge. But you need to consider which quarterbacks have done that. And, you know, which quarterbacks have actually picked them apart. It's not like it's Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. The quarterbacks that have been lighting the Cardinals up are Russell Wilson, which, of course, he's good. Um, Matthew Stafford, Jackson, and Kyle Allen. These are guys that are tearing them apart. I think this week it's going to be huge. Dalton throwing to Mixon. Boyd, Ross are going to have huge games. Look at the Cardinals' defense. They've allowed 10 touchdown passes to zero interceptions in four games. They really need to get Patrick Peterson back there. That's going to help. But once again, Slayer defense is not good. I think Andy Dalton's going to have a big game. I think you can trust him as a stream. And I actually need to stream some quarterbacks. I'm going to try really hard to get this guy. So roll with him, and he's going to have a huge week. All right, guys. So I got Cortland Sutton. He is 47% available. Talk about some numbers. This guy has pretty much impressed me. I don't, I don't know any other word. I feel like I've used that already a few too many times in this video, but that is probably the word that is most uh, describes how I feel about him. I don't think that he's this elite wide receiver. I don't think he's a crazy good stud, but a guy to come in as your wide receiver three or four and play in the right matchups, that's exactly what he is. This, lack, this last week, he had nine targets, six catches, and two touchdowns. Through the first three weeks, he hadn't scored, and that was a real thing that we needed to see from him. Can he score in this Broncos offense? Well, I tell you what, he answered that question with a solid yes. Two touchdowns is a very good week. And what I like about those two touchdowns is you break down the teams that he has played, the numbers that he has had, he's actually been better than you'd think. In week one, he had 120 yards against the Raiders. He just didn't happen to score in that game. They only scored, I believe, 16 points. I could be mistaken. Um, but 120 yards is very good for a wide receiver. Then in the next three games, he played the Jaguars, the Packers, and the Bears. Three solid defenses. So, of course, he struggled. That whole offense struggled. He's now going to be going into a much easier part of the season, coming off of a game where he had nine targets, two touchdowns. You're getting an easier matchups against worse defenses. I think that Cortland Sutton is actually a fairly underrated wide receiver. And again, at 47% available, he's actually an option out there for quite a few of you. Talk about Carlos Hyde out there. He's 33% available. Uh, not a sexy name, for example, as some other players that may be out there. But if you're an owner, and a lot of owners out there aren't a pinch or struggling to find running backs, he's a guy that can contribute to your team. Now, he did struggle last week. He had 11 carries for 19 yards. I think it turned everybody off there, a little concerned. If you take the other three games that he's played this year, including this weekend, that totals 42 carries, 231 yards at a 5.5 yards per carry. Say he added four receptions, which is really good. If he continues to adding receptions, if he can get out there in passing situations and contribute, he could become a weekly RB2. Now, he did have 59 catches back in 2017, so he does have the ability to be a three-down back. But if we're being very honest, Duke Johnson still the better pass-catching back in that backfield there. So until Hyde consistently is involved in passing game and catching balls and being targeted, um, I definitely would uh, say he's probably touchdown dependent at this point. He has more value in standard leagues, but don't overlook this guy. It would appear from this point moving forward, he's going to become their first and second down back for the rest of the year unless something happens. They bring a guy and he gets injured, and I don't see them bring a guy in at this point. So uh, definitely consider Carlos Hyde. All right, so here we've got Mohamed Sanu. Now, he had a very big week this last week. Um, I'm going to say this right now. I'm not as hyped as some people are on him, but he is a guy that needs to be rostered at 73% available. He's simply available in too many leagues. Uh, we're going to talk about some of his numbers in a second. Uh, we're going to talk about why I like him and why I don't. What I want to start with was really this week. Uh, he went off this week 
where he was going from about six or seven targets a game to he had 12. Uh, and this happened really because of, they were behind. That team was an absolute mess this week, and it was an embarrassment. It was it was pretty bad. And so that was one of those situations where I'm not 100% sure if he's going to continue to get those many targets. I'm going to say no. I don't think that he's going to get that many targets as we continue going forward. But you know what? He had a big game, nine catches for 91 yards. After last week, we had six catches for 75 yards. This guy's slowly gaining a role in that offense. And yet, I can't help but say, oh, whoa, let's let's hit the brakes a little bit. They still have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and not to forget Austin Hooper who had, and I didn't even bother checking the exact stat because last I saw, he had over 130 yards. And I tell you what, you got Julio Jones who could very well finish as a Hall of Fame wide receiver, one of the greatest of all time. Calvin Ridley, that guy looks solid. He struggled a little bit recently, but he was great last year at 10 touchdowns, and he's had some really good games this year. And Austin Hooper who's shown himself to be pretty good at the tight end position. I mean, that's a big week for him. You have to start to wonder, where's this guy's value going to lie? And this is what I have to say. First of all, he retains some value simply because of the fact that running game struggles and you can't trust Hooper every week. Calvin Ridley has also struggled in some weeks, so that helps him. The biggest thing that helps him retain his value is that the Atlanta Falcons have given up the seventh most points to opposing teams. That is a very, very bad defense. The kind of role that Mohamed Sanu is going to play on your fantasy roster, guys, and again, he's 73% available, so you should go pick him up, is he's going to add depth to your wide receiver position. He's going to be a plug-and-play based on bye weeks, injuries, um, and any issues that you're having with your wide receivers. He really comes in as a wide receiver four at this point right now, that if you're desperate, can be plugged in at the right times. Don't get overhyped on him, but don't forget about this guy and don't ignore him. The last two weeks have been good to Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, you talk about Julio Jones. Shout out to him this week. Uh, he became the fastest player at 11,000 receiving yards passing, Calvin Johnson. So, uh, guys having a phenomenal career. So, congratulations, Julio Jones, there. Let's talk about Frank Gore, 42% available. So, in week five, he faces Tennessee. Now, Tennessee allows the eighth fewest points to running backs. Uh, they are very tough against the run. But today, Gore versus the Patriots, who, by the way, going into this week, had the best run defense. They were only allowing 36 rushing yards per game. 36 rushing yards per game, right? He explodes 17 carries, 109 yards at age 36. I can't believe this guy. I got to give him all the credit in the world. I don't know how he's doing it, but good for him. He's got a 4.48 yards per carry. So it's not like he's just a volume play that's getting, uh, like I saw there was one game a couple years ago where he had like 35 carries. Yeah, he broke 100 yards, but his yards per carry wasn't very good. No, his yards per carry at 4.48 are really good, all things considered. Um, his production is insane when you consider, one, his age. Uh, two, he's not like he's playing a prolific offense where defenses are more concerned with the great wide receivers and all-pro tight end or Hall of Fame quarterback. He's playing an offense where there's not a lot of great weapons there. Now, I do think that his uh, ceiling is lower because he still is 36. That's not going to change. Okay, he is older, and Father Time will catch up to him eventually. I also think it's lower because he's not used a lot in the passing game. In fact, today he was not targeted in the passing game, and that's different because earlier in his career, he was targeted a lot in the passing game. They use him a lot there in passing downs. And the other thing like, that's going to hurt his value, at least lower his ceiling a little bit, is Devin Singletary will be back soon and he's going to get touches. Yet, I think it's time to realize that even at the age of 36, this guy's got gas in his tank still. So Frank Gore might be a nice guy that you can plug and play out there. He is currently available in 42% of leagues. You know, it's funny. At running back, we've got Frank Gore isn't bothered by time. At quarterback, we have Tom Brady isn't bothered by time. Um, apparently, at tight end, it's probably Jason Witten. Who's the wide receiver that isn't bothered by time? That's the question we're asking right now. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, that's a good Larry point. Larry Fitzgerald, yes, having a great year. 
All right, so the guy I want to talk about now is Wayne Gallman. Now, I would have talked about Wayne Gallman earlier in this video, but he's only 22% available. And uh, he still has to be in the video because 22% is over one-fifth of leagues, and yet he's uh, not highly enough available that I didn't want to talk about him right off the bat. So just to put that out there, guys, why he's kind of buried in this video. Um, first thing, heck, you know what? He showed this week, they showed us that Daniel Jones and Wayne Gallman, despite Barkley being out, like, they can win games. I was very impressed by that team. I really was, considering that defense is as bad as it is. Uh, they managed to put up some points. They looked good. I was kind of surprised that they did as good as they did. Not majorly surprised, but just a little bit. And, you know, you can't argue with the fantasy production. 24 touches, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Man, Wayne Gallman looked good. He didn't look good last week when he first came in for Barkley, uh, but that is a week-to-week -week difference, and you have to understand that, you know, maybe he was a little bit thrown off by not expecting to be the back, or maybe it was just a better defense defense last week, whatever it may be. I don't think he's going to be a 100 yards and two touchdowns every week sort of guy, but he is a good running back that you need to have in replacement for injuries for bye weeks. I tell you what, now is so important. You may not think that you want this guy now, but if your running back goes down, if Barkley continues to be hurt or whatever it may be, you're going to wish that you had this guy. So I think you should certainly pick him up. Something we've been talking about the games right now that people aren't so worried about, you know, a lot of times teams will be like, I'm three, you know, I'm not worried about it. I don't need the extra win. And yet, you know what? An extra win could get you a, a divisional win. That could get you in some leagues that we're in a bye in the playoffs. That makes a huge difference. Um, now, somebody mentioned John Hilleman as a guy to consider. Um, he had just 3.3 yards per carry, which is worse than Wayne Gallman. And considering these guys are just replacements for Barkley, they're not going to be messing around, tweaking, trying to figure out who's better. They're going to roll with Wayne Gallman, especially with how good he looked today. So I wouldn't bother with Hilleman, though. Uh, good for keeping your eye out. Uh, I can't remember who left that comment, but I always love paying attention to those deep sleeper sort of guys. Yeah, I was thinking that Hillman got some carries today because, quite honestly, that game was a blowout. Um, of course, Case Keenum got benched. They brought in Haskins, and the whole thing was just a mess. I think that game was closer. I think Elmo would have had more carries, but uh, that's the guy that I definitely put my money on there. Cole Beasley. So talk about Cole Beasley. He's widely available out there. Now, I went back to our start sit video, and here's what we said about him in this game last week. Actually, verbatim, just took our notes, copy and paste it. Here's what we said. John Brown will face shutdown corner Stefan Gilmore. If you can sit him, you should. He's a wide receiver four this week. But Cole Beasley has played well enough to have PPR value. He's not going to see the end zone often. Yards will be lower for most weeks. But in this game, I see Allen needing to check down often as Patriots bring pressure. I see Cole having value in PPR leagues, scoring um, only as a wide receiver three or flex play in leagues 12 teams or larger. Don't be surprised if he gets 12 to 14 targets in this game. He has averaged 7.6 up to this point this game. They'll be playing catch up. I think we nailed that assessment. He ended up with 13 targets right in the middle of what we said he was going to have. Seven catches, 75 yards. He's had 23 targets the last two weeks. He's had some nice lines the last three weeks. He had one game, he had four catches, 83 yards. Last week, he had eight catches, 48 yards, and two-point conversion. And this week, seven catches, 75 yards. Now, he's going to have lower ceiling. He's only got value in PPR leagues as a wide receiver three or flex play in larger leagues. But he's a guy out there that I think is going to continue having lines like this and be used quite often, see a lot of targets in that offense. All right, so the guy I've got to talk about now is Deontay Johnson. And first things first, he's 95% available. That means 
odds are he's out there in your league and you need to pick him up. This is not a guy who's going to be the next. I don't think he's necessarily going to be this next Odell Beckham, but when you look at some of the things that he can do, how fast that he is and his big playmaking skills, he has massive potential. He has huge upside. Um, it bodes really well in that offense that he's starting to work his way up. We have Dante Moncrief, who was deactivated because of poor play. I think you just said he had like, what, five drops in the first two weeks. He just looked awful. And even James Washington has been a disappointment this season. And right now, Deontay Johnson looks like the number two wide receiver there in Pittsburgh. If that's not enough reason for you to pick him up, I'll give you more. But I tell you what, that already should be enough reason for you to stash this guy. Last week, he had 52 yards and a touchdown. That right there is huge. Now, like I said, he's got some things to work on. He is not the most polished wide receiver. He has caught less than 50% of his targets, but he is extremely fast. This guy is a burner. And we look at a lot of wide receivers in the NFL who can do that. Fantasy points come from big plays like that. And again, you're not you're not picking this guy up to be your starting wideout. You're not picking him up for his safety or his comfortability. You're picking him up for his very, very high upside. So Deontay Johnson is a guy to stash, especially in keeper slash dynasty leagues. This year with Mason Rudolph, not as much value. But when uh, Ben Roethlisberger comes back next season, that'll be really when we get to see what this guy can do. Next guy, I'm going to talk about DJ Chark. I can't believe I'm still talking about this guy. He's even in a waiver wire video. I've got you because he's still 34% available out there. He looked really good again today. Even though his numbers may not look all that impressive, he had four catches for 44 yards, but he faced shut down corner. Harris a lot today um, and he had a great touchdown actually taken away because of a penalty on the play and not because of him some other side of the ball not even really close to where he was at but he made a beautiful catch for a touchdown taken away this guy is a rising star and you must own him he's really really good he's on pace for 76 catches 1,284 yards and five touchdowns now the first part of his schedule he faced some tough defenses but his remaining schedule is going to get much easier he's going to face defenses that give up a lot of points to wide receivers so I think this guy you just got to grab him and play him not off your bench I think this is a guy is going to become a regular wide receiver three and even a wide receiver two in the right matchups this guy is too good to be left out there and if you're in a dynasty league and he's out there then you should just kill yourself because this guy's amazing he's going to be an all pro from years to come all right ricky seals jones this guy's had a um, I guess struggling start to his career. This guy was a guy who came out playing for Arizona, playing for the Cardinals, and we expected big things from him. We did. What well, we looked at the metrics, a lot of his stuff coming into the draft and everything like that, it really seemed like quite honestly, there was a lot of good news about him, but he was really just unable to produce the fantasy numbers. A 99% available, which I should probably stop and take a second to talk about. 99% available. He's out there in your league. Um, I almost want to just say I guarantee it, but I'll never guarantee anything. There'll be that one guy who's like, he's not out there in my league, you idiot. But um, I tell you what, he underperformed in Arizona, not because of his talent, not because of his athleticism, not because of his potential. That team stunk last year. That team was awful. That team was horrendous. That team is bad this year, and they were worse last year. That's, I mean, that's really how bad they were. Now he's playing for the Browns with a much better quarterback situation, and with David Njoku on the IR with that hand surgery and all that stuff going on, he is the tight end right now. I don't know how long this is going to be. It may not be for the rest of the NFL season, but you got this guy for you know maybe up to 10 weeks. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be. We'll update you more on these injuries if you guys want. I don't think it matters that much. Even if this guy only gets you five solid games at the tight end position, that's really more than you can ask for. He had three catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. He has huge upside.
The guy is far from the safest choice out there, but I think that you should pick him up if you can afford to keep him as a bench tight end or if you want to pick him up because you're unhappy with the tight end you have now. Ricky Seals-Jones, huge, huge upside from this guy. Rob, I feel like you're just dying to say something. No, we've talked about this guy in the past, last couple of years. He's always showed a lot of potential and upside. He was a converted wide receiver in college, I believe. And so mm-hmm. this guy is what we call one of those hybrid, probably more wide receiver and a tight end. He's got the potential. He didn't thrive in Arizona, but this change of scenery might be exactly what it takes for him to take off and explode and uh, he's got like i said a lot of upside you got to grab this guy so we're going to talk about Jameis Winston, 34% available out there, plays New Orleans. Now, in the past, when they would play New Orleans, I would really like that matchup because Drew Brees at quarterback turned out to be a high-scoring game, push up the over-under, and that meant that Winston needed to throw a lot uh, to keep him in the game there. But now they're going to play a, a more conservative offense with Teddy Bridgewater in there. So that hurts a little bit there, but I still like the matchup this week. After bad week one, Jameson Winston Wright has rebounded in a huge way. Since then, he's got eight touchdown passes, only two interceptions in the next three games. In those same three games, he's averaged 324 passing yards per game. He dissected a good Rams defense today. That Rams defense, who, by the way, shut down Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, and Teddy Bridgewater. He's got great weapons. We said in the preseason, we said in other videos, he doesn't have a wide receiver one and wide receiver two. Um, Both Godwin and Evans are both wide receiver one. They're both tier one wide receivers, extremely, extremely talented guys. He's got solid tight ends there and Brayton and Howard. He's got a good matchup. This guy could become a weekly quarterback start, not just somebody that you're going to trend. He's got great upside. And we've been ridiculed for about two years by a number of you on our upbeat assessment of him and his potential. But now maybe you can see why we said this is a guy that you can't overlook. Mm-hmm. You know, he may not be a great quarterback when his career is done, but as far as fast he goes, he puts up good numbers. That's all I care about. And I also love the fact that their defense, which is a little bit improved this year, that Tampa Bay's defense is still not good, which means I think they got to throw the ball a lot and score points to win. We talk about trends. Trends are what matter. It doesn't matter what's happening right now. It's what we're projecting next week, two weeks from now, you know, continuing into the future. It's about what's next. And you know what? First couple of weeks, that defense was good. They've actually played worse since the first couple of weeks. And then their running game the first couple of weeks was worse. And that's what I really like about Jameis Winston is that Ronald Jones Jr. is finally starting to be a viable back. And finally getting a running game going that can be at least a minor threat to defenses is going to keep defenses honest, going to force them to put more guys in the box. And that's going to make Winston's job even easier. So again, you don't like to have, you don't have to like him as a quarterback, as a player, as a guy, but as a fantasy option, yeah, I think you got to like him. Let's talk about Jordan Howard. First of all, thank you for giving me props on my evaluation at Thursday night game when they played the Packers there. I feel, I really feel like I didn't nail a lot of that breakdown, but there was one thing that I didn't expect in that game, and that was Jordan Howard. Uh, I think he surprised a lot of people in that game. And so you're going to talk about it a little bit. So that's the one area where he caught me off guard. Well, he didn't just catch you off guard. I think, honestly, he caught everyone off guard. Was anyone going into this week thinking three touchdowns, Jordan Howard's going to do it? Oh, yeah, this guy's safe for a touchdown. Like, no. Has anyone had confidence in him here all year long? No, they haven't. This has been a guy who has underperformed until last week, um, until that last Thursday night game. Uh, However, it was a very good game for him. Now, he's 45% available. And you know what? I'm going to say at 45% available, some of you should pick him up. I don't think that if you're in in like an eight-team league with shallow benches, you probably shouldn't pick him up. But there are a lot of you who probably should, again, especially just due to that need for running backs. Three touchdowns last week was insane. One of those was a receiving touchdown. He looked really good. But his numbers weren't quite that amazing. When you really break it down, he had 4.7 yards per carry. 
good, not elite. Uh, when you look at a one game span, so for a whole season, 4.7 yards per carry is great. Um, again, this is just the first couple of games of the season. I think that's a number that we're going to see drop quite a bit as we, you know, extend eight weeks in, 10 weeks into the season. He's not going to be a 4.7 yards per carry guy. You know who I think might be? Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders says it look good. He comes out. His yards per carry has improved. He comes out first week with a 2.8 yards per carry. His yards per carry has improved every single week of the season. And this last Thursday night game, he had 11 carries for 72 yards. I'll do the math for you. That's 6.5 yards per carry. Just two weeks ago, Miles Sanders had 72 receiving yards. He's the younger back. He's better in the passing game. I think that this is the future running back of that offense. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to continue to grow him in that offense and to use him more and more. Jordan Howard is worth a roster spot in a lot of leagues, but don't get overhyped on him. I think that was just one week, and I think it was a fluke. No one predicted that, and I don't predict that to continue. Yeah, the one thing he did in that game, though, that, that was a real surprise that bodes well for him. And I agree with you, Miles Sanders look great. They're going to increase his role. He's young, very talented. He's a true three-down back. But if there's a deficiency in Jordan Howard's game, we've seen in the past that this guy can be a good physical hard runner, mm -hmm. but he's deficient in the passing game, doesn't have great hands. So when he caught, okay, he ran well, had some good yards per carry. I thought, okay, but when he caught the receiving touchdown, that was kind of surprising to me. We'll see if they expand his role in that area. I don't think they're going to, but you still got to roster him, like you said. Yeah, you do. And one other thing to note, uh, well, how many points did they put up in the game? Like 35, 45 points, was it? I, I don't know if they're going to score that many points in the future. So that may have been a real contributing factor to those touchdowns that I don't think he's going to get that boost every week. We'll talk about Dawson Knox. He's 86% available out there. Last two weeks, he's had some decent numbers for a tight end. These aren't great numbers, but if you consider tight end, not bad. 67 yards and 58 yards adding a touchdown um he looks comfortable he's getting more comfortable in the nfl he made some very nice catches there he's got no real competition i think he's the tight end for that team uh, he's worth a bench stash at this point put him on your bench now before it's too late and i thought back to being there about will disley so we talked about him a couple weeks ago right and uh, he looked like a tight end that might have value. Maybe he could, you know, work in your lineup based on lineup. But now I guarantee that Will Disley every week is going to be ranked in the tight end ranking around the five to seven rankings. A lot of people are going to have great seasons because of him. Don't snooze on him like a lot of people did with Will Disley there. I think Dawson Knox is legitimate. All right, Kenyon Drake. Now I can already see the negative comments being typed. So stop. Listen to the arguments. <laughs> First thing being... Um, we have not gotten into the heart of the season. I'm going to tell you two things are going to happen right now that are going to hurt every single team in fantasy. One, there will be more injuries, not just across the board, but specifically at the running back position. You think there's few running backs out there now? It's going to get worse. Tell you what, we're moving into the dark ages, it seems like. Every week there's more injuries. It's getting, it's getting scary out there. That's, I guess, a great reminder why we make this video. The other thing being, we haven't even gotten into the heart of bye week season. Last week, we had just one bye week. There's a week coming up where I think there's like four different games out of normal. Normally, there's 16 games in a week. There's going to be a week coming up. I believe it's week eight, somewhere in the middle of the season, where there's only 12 games. That's a lot of teams missing. That's four less games. That's eight less teams. That's a lot less options. The concerns at running back and the need for depth and options are going to get even worse. If you think it's bad now, this is going to continue. And a guy like Drake starts to look really good when both your number two or your number one, your number two running backs are out for whatever reason it may be. His numbers are far from amazing, but get this, last week, uh, this last game he had nine carries, 44 yards, and he added in three catches for 29 yards against the Chargers. 
Every single week, the Dolphins have had a closer and closer score, so that benefits well for him. The team is still bad, but Josh Rosen has played better than Fitzpatrick was playing. Again, the score has been closer, and even in blowouts, Kenyon Drake keeps himself out there with his ability in the passing game. So last week he had three catches for 29 yards. The week before he had three catches for 39 yards. And the week before that, he had five catches for 29 yards in the passing game. Those are huge numbers. If you're in a PPR league, the week he had five catches for 29 yards, that's 7.9 points in receiving alone. That's not counting his rushing. That's not counting if he finds the end zone, anything like that. So I think that's very underrated. He's been on pace for 59 catches this season. There's not an insane amount of upside with this guy, but add depth to your roster and get a solid backup when things happen, when the times get tough. So I want to talk about the wide receivers for the Colts at this point. Start with Paris Campbell is 95% available out there. The coaches love this guy. He's a quick wide receiver. He's got good size, six foot two ten, but he's fast. Devin Funches is out right now. Hilton's banged up. Now he saw a season high eight targets today. His snaps and his usage have been going up. He missed some time in the preseason due to injuries, but he's getting more and more time. He's getting on the field. He's getting more comfortable adjusting to the NFL, the speed, things like that. Uh, week one and week two, he had one catch. Then he had three catches. Then this week, he goes all up to five catches. His role is going to continue to grow even when T.Y. Helton is healthy. I believe he's going to move into the number two role in that offense eventually there. This week, he's got a nice matchup versus Kansas City. Kansas City's defense makes a lot of wide receivers, quarterbacks, and offenses look good. And Pat Mahomes forces every offense that he faces, or the opposing offense anyways, to put points on the board to keep up with him. Time to grab and watch this guy. Now, he can't be trusted as a wide receiver three start. Not weekly anyways, but he's a nice sleeper appeal, depending on Hilton's health. Keep an eye on this guy. Now, the guy I want to talk about is Zach Pascal. 99% available today at four catches, 72 yards. If uh, Hilton's down, uh, and with Paris Campbell still developing there, um, once again, I wouldn't even consider him, but if Hilton misses more time or if he's out, uh, the second-year wide receiver in the right matchup can be considered a wide receiver three in large leagues. Once again, important to look at matchups, but he's a guy, or these are two guys there that you need to look at. All right, so we've talked about this guy in pretty much every single waiver wire video. That's Chris Herndon. Tight end position is so thin. We're going to mention him again. And this might be the last time we're mentioning him again, uh, simply because now he's coming back from his suspension. He's going to be playing, and I think he's going to have some numbers. He's going to get picked up, and then I don't know if, how much more we're going to have an opportunity to talk about this guy. But at 84% available, um, he's a pretty good option. Uh, with Sam Darnold, now you know we're going to want to wait a few weeks to be starting this guy. We want to see how Sam Darnold recovers, how that Jets offense looks. But I kind of like him. In the last full game, that Chris Herndon played. He had seven targets, six catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. I don't expect that to him to do that every single game, but in the right matchups, in the right games, and at the right times, Chris Herndon is a good option. And you know what? Again, really feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but at a tight end position that is so thin for talent, why not consider this guy? I want to talk to you about Dwayne Haskins here, okay? I think it's easy to assume at this point Haskins is going to get the start next week, right? Uh, in fact, there's a lot of reports that the coach is going to lose his job this week. We'll wait and see there. But I think Haskins is going to start. Here's my fear. Uh, young quarterback out there, you give success to other young quarterbacks like Kyle Allen, Downey Jones, and others. Uh, people are going to see his upside, and they're going to give him a shot. They're going to think, hey, start this guy. Who knows what he can do? Don't do it. If you're even considering it, forget it, okay? Um, he may end up turning out to be a good quarterback in the NFL, but there's so many things working against him right now. Yes, I think next week he'll be better prepared than he was this week. His numbers will get better. He was horrible this week. The offensive line is not good. He struggled against a bad Giants defense, throwing three picks, no touchdowns. His weapons are below average. Uh, the one guy I do like in that offense is Terry McLaurin, who uh, missed today, but still those weapons aren't very good there. And he's going to face an extremely, extremely good Patriots defense. So just don't think about it. Stay away from this guy.
All right, so Golden Tate playing for the Giants, 51% available. Finally coming off that suspension, finally going to be playing. I'll say this, we decided to put him in this video, and every moment of research I did more and more made me like him less and less. And so we were going to say, hey, maybe pick him up in deep leagues. At this point, I would say watch him. I don't even know if I'd pick him up right now. Maybe in deep leagues, maybe if you're desperate. Uh, but when we break it down, this guy is 31 years old. He's on the downside of his career, and he's always been a guy who is really just a PPR specialist where that's where his primary value comes from. Uh, not only that, but he's got a tough week this week. He hasn't played yet this year, and they play the Vikings. So that is not a good situation to be in. Um, and then you got to consider Evan Ingram is there. Sterling, Sterling the stud shepherd, as I've been calling him, is there. Uh, Cody, uh, what's his name? Vladimir. I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyways, he looked kind of good this last week. You've got Daniel Jones and the legs of Daniel Jones. Wayne Gallman looked fine. And oh, wait, Saquon Barkley. Wait till he comes back. There are so many weapons in this offense that I'm not a huge gold fan, fan of Golden Tate. However, he's a guy, as always, we tell you, keep on your radar, consider him, keep your eye out for him just in case. He doesn't have any value unless he can at least take over the number two wide receiver spot ahead of Cody Latimer, and I'm not so sure that's going to happen. All right, guys, so for my final player, and then Rob's going to get into some defenses, I wanted to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. If you're in a two-quarterback league or a 16-team league, uh, we always want to throw out one more quarterback, and that would be Teddy Bridgewater at 93% available. The reason why we want to mention this guy, he's got great weapons. That seems pretty obvious. Michael Thomas is awesome. So is Alvin Kamara. Jared Cook is not a bad tight end. Uh, but the particular reason is that plays Tampa Bay this week. Tampa Bay has made quarterbacks look very good. They've put up a lot of points. And I think that if you were looking for a deep, deep quarterback stream, Teddy Bridgewater might be a uh, quarterback to consider. Although note, he didn't play fantastic against Dallas, though he didn't have to. It's really hard to measure his success in that game. But very deep option is Bridgewater. Some defense you may want to consider out there. We just picked a few that are more highly available. So we looked at Cleveland at 56% available versus San Francisco. I think that's going to be a good play there. Tennessee, 76% available versus the Bills. And then another one that kind of surprised me a little bit is Carolina, 85% available versus the Jaguars. Uh, Carolina's had 14 sacks the last two games. So uh, those are three defenses if you need to pick up there. They're highly available, and I think they've got good matchups this week.